0: Hi, my name is Rowan Kutsia, a.k.a. Row, and do join us on a Tuesday and a Thursday afternoon from 1 till 2 p.m., your lunch hour show called The Millennial Lounge, right here at voiceovernations.radio. I'm your host, and we'll be keeping you company on a Tuesday and a Thursday from 1 till 2 p.m. You see, the lounge is a place where we can be authentic, fully ourselves, and hopefully these conversations can cultivate vulnerability. Uh, But most importantly, we are here to have a liquor time together so when you do join us on a tuesday and a thursday grab a snack and chill with me in the lounge hello how are you today so glad to have you on the voiceover nations radio podcast as our own special guest today Uh, so happy that you came uh, to join us at this hour and uh, we i am dr linda and uh, we're here on the seats tables and invitations platform and uh today i'm looking to continue a conversation that we started a couple podcasts ago and Just simply titled it uh, Current Events. And as such, we were looking at different things that uh, we as children of God need to be concerned about. And we looked at a couple of different scriptures. Um, We looked at Jesus, you know, and how he handled um, different uh, situations. And we talked about um, three different kinds of temptations and three different kinds of lusts of the flesh and we looked at quite a bit of things and we'll just you know touch base uh, about them not too extensively but um we'll look at some of them again today and um so um again i'm dr linda and we're glad to have you with us here today and uh, we'll get started so um As we were talking about current events, we were continuing uh, with the theme of uh, making a case uh, not to faint, but believing to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And um, we said that if we're not going to faint, and if we're going to believe to see, that we have to be willing and obedient. It's those that are willing and obedient that will eat the good of the land, and so we Uh, talked about, you know, the fight for our faith um, and we looked at, you know, uh, the role the temptations play in us being willing and obedient to eat the good of the land and without going back into all of the scriptures because there's something that I just want to highlight today, you know, that I believe is uh, um, relevant, you know, in things that we deal with in current events in modern society uh, as Christians uh, on our journey. And so um, in dealing with temptation, we're first of all, we're told that uh, there's no temptation that has taken any one of us other than what is common to all of us and that the Lord will with the temptation make a way for us to escape. And then, uh, you know, we looked at how in uh, James chapter one, we looked at how, um, um, temptations uh, the pro- progression or the process and we're told that you know every temptation starts in the flesh and that when it is conceived when lust you know is conceived in the flesh that it brings it's, it's by the things that we're enticed you know so that we uh, have to look at you know the things that entice us we have to be very you know um uh, honest with ourselves about ourselves, our appetites, our desires, and all of that. And we looked at three places where we find um, temptations. We find them uh, in the lust of the flesh, in the lust of the eyes, and in the pride of life as outlined in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. And we went on to break down those. And uh, the one that I'd like to um, or two maybe that I'll focus on today are the lust of the eyes, because we said that that there came from, you know, um, the eyes there came from ophthalmos, and it meant the eyes of the mind, and so it had to do with the faculty of knowing Uh, by implication had to do with vision, which is not a surprise, but the other thing that was kind of uh, interesting was that it had to do with envy uh, from uh, the jealous side glance. And so, you know, it's the way that we look at another person, the way that someone would look at us, you know, the way that we would look at what someone has. And um, the other day, you know, even in keeping with uh, that in some parts of the world, that August uh, is the um, month of the woman. And so uh, in South Africa, that's the case. And so we wanted to kind of tie these things, but also uh, to look at things that affect women directly in that. And so um, even in looking at the lust of the eyes and that part of its definition uh, has to do with jealousy. Uh, or side-eyeing someone and the way that one person would look at another one depending upon something that they have or something that they're doing or whatever. But we're told, you know, as children of God, that we have to possess our souls. And so, you know, um, when we looked at uh, Luke chapter uh, 9, and uh, that Jesus, you know, he sent them out. And uh, the same passage is in Matthew chapter 10, but in Luke chapter 9, it gives us just a little bit more information and it outlines uh, how that in the, you know, uh, Jesus sent out the 12, he gave them power, he deputized, authorized them to go cast out devils and heal the sick. And, And so they came back rejoicing and all of that. And they had this dialogue as to, uh, who people said that he was, and he asked them. And right in the middle of them having gone out to do all kinds of miracles, signs, and wonders, in the middle of him feeding the five thousand, and them watching him demonstrate that level of miracles, and God used him and uh, used him in that way. Right in the middle of all of that, he he told them. He said, "The Son of Man must suffer many things." He will be persecuted uh, by the leaders of their day and he's going to be crucified. And so he, I believe, you know, as I've repeated that he told them that uh, as a sobriety check of what ministry is all about, of what success is all about, you know, and to carry those things very lightly and to view them as all in the course of a day's work, to rejoice about the things that the Lord uh, does. Uh, The Lord uh, tells us in John, you know, when he was having some of the last talks, um, you know, some of his last prayers, you know, um, for them. And one of the things that he uh, said to them, he said, you'll no longer um, ask me for anything. He said, you will now have the right to ask the father yourself. And then at the end of that, uh, he said, ask that your joy may be full. And so joy is attached to the manifestation of the answer of our prayers. Um, but the temptation would be to now start resting upon those things, you know, whatever the Lord Uh, Gives us is something about human nature, you know that we want to ride the thing for all that it's worth You know, Uh, we just but that's not how life is, you know in the Lord or otherwise there are ebbs and flows There's highs and lows mountains and valleys deserts and you know spring like Situations and so the more that we temper ourselves, you know to enjoy something when it happens But to not you know rest all of our energy and our everything and camp out there, but to realize that there's another day after that. Amen. And so I also said that we would look at uh, the pride of life. And so that came from another Greek word, alizonia. And it had to do with, you know, the whole idea of Emptiness, bragging, braggadocio, and uh, talk, insolent, empty—you know, uh, relying on one's uh, self, and um, it's um, this and uh, you know, placing our weight upon the stability of earthly things, uh, self-confident, boasting—you know—all of this kind of thing, and constantly being up under pressure. To prove something to man to be accepted, and so this takes me into where I'm going today. I specifically was mindful to concentrate on something, and again, I'm you know looking at things, like current events that affect women, and so one of the the things that I came across was um, you know another article um, out of um, National Geographic and this was uh, featuring women of impact. And so this has to do with the whole, um, the title uh, of this article was the idea of beauty is always shifting. Today, it's more inclusive than ever. Uh, Whom we deem beautiful, quote unquote, is a reflection of our values. Now, a more expansive world has arrived where we are all beautiful. So I'm just going to highlight, you know, uh, part of this article and read this to us and then come back and kind of wrap up, you know, conclusion of this uh, with um, um, making a case for not fainting, believing to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, being willing and obedient that we might eat the good of the land. Um, be mindful of temptations where they come from, being aware of the things that are inside of us, the lust that would entice us, you know, uh, in our belief systems, in our outlooks, our perspectives that would throw us off track, that would end up being a stumbling block for us and cause us to miss the goodness of the Lord. And also, you know, that we are not only the recipients of God's goodness, but we are supposed to open up the way in the way that we live so that others can experience his goodness as well. Amen. All right. So as we, uh, again, this is an article out of uh, National Geographic and it's a women of impact. And so this uh, essay was by Robin Givhan. Okay. The Sudanese model, Alec Weck. Appeared on the November 1997 cover of the U.S. edition of Elle magazine in a photograph. Alex Weck appeared on the November 1997 cover of U.S. edition of the U.S. edition of Elle magazine. It's a high fashion model. high fashion magazine uh, in a photograph by french creative director giles ben simon it was it was as is so often the case in the beauty business a global production now let me tell you a little bit if you don't know who alex weck is Uh, Alex Weck is one of the world's foremost supermodels, widely regarded for her breaking countless stereotypes and boundaries, not only for women of color, but women in general. Alex first broke onto the scene with a cameo in Tina Turner's Golden Eye music video for James Bond in 1995. Um, So uh, Alex is um, from South Sudan, She is a jet black uh, model with very close cropped uh, hair in the form of an afro. So uh, I'm going to go back to the idea of beauty now. And so Weck, with her velvety ebony skin and mere whisper of an afro was posed in front of a stark white screen. Her simple white Giorgio Armani blazer almost disappeared into the background. Weck, however, was intensely present. She was standing at an angle, but looking directly into the camera with a pleasant smile spread across her face, which wasn't so much defined by planes and angles as by sweet, broad, distinctly African curves. Weck represented everything that a traditional cover cover girl was not. So this is one um, story, you know, in this, um, you know, looking at uh, ideas of beauty and that the idea and the definition of what beauty is, is changing. All right, more than 20 years after she was featured on that Elle cover, the definition of beauty has continued to expand, making room for women of color, obese women, women with vitiligo, bald women, women with gray hair and wrinkles. We are moving towards a culture of big tent beauty, one in which everyone is welcome, everyone is beautiful, Everyone's idealized version can be seen in the pages of magazines or on the runways of Paris. We have become more accepting because people have demanded it, protested for it, and used the bully pulpit of social media to shame beauty's gatekeepers into opening the doors wider. So, um, I'm gonna pause here. And I'd like to read this again. We have become more accepting of what is the definition of beauty. And we've expanded that definition because according to the article here, here, people have demanded it protested for it and used the bully pulpit of social media to shame beauty's gatekeepers into opening the doors wider. So that's a whole mouthful right there and uh, makes my point, you know, that one of the things we talked about um, with the women that we showcased the other day uh was the temptation to remain silent about things that ought not to be things that are atrocities to others things that people are suffering through things that affect us you know as society as neighborhoods as families uh things that are the pink elephants in the room and the temptation to be quiet and to say nothing and that oftentimes when we do the goodness that god wants others to experience and to know him as god is forfeited because someone uh, decided to remain silent so one of the ways that the uh, that the definition of beauty has been ex- has been expanded is because somebody decided to push against the status quo to demand that those that were the gatekeepers that define what beauty was for years, the world over, you know, that came out of the continent of Europe, um, you know, that they were the big runway houses and all of that, you know, they decided what beauty was. And if you weren't that, you couldn't get in it. But someone like Alex Weck, you know, a, a gorgeous jet black model, uh, from, um, the country of Sudan, you know, that's a totally different um totally different way of of looking at it so uh I'm I'm not so much you know I'm I'm reading these articles because uh I want to look at current events. I think a lot of times you know we can go in the Bible and we can um, you know, uh, look at precept upon precept, and we need to have, you know, the doctrine of the word, the principles and the precepts of the Bible. We need to have those things solidly down on the inside of us. Uh, so much so that we can jump off of a page, you know, that we can be very much aware of of the principles by which, you know, we very much have the word in front of us when we're talking about uh, what we're talking about. But we're able to engage those, you know, uh, in the the areas of our influence and to have intelligent conversations, being well aware of, uh, you know, what we bring to the table, being. Uh, Spiritually cognizant and discerning of what we're doing, and yet we are after harvest, we are after the influence that we're supposed to have. Amen. So, now let's go back to uh, the article looking at the changing definitions and how definitions have changed uh, for what beauty is. Amen. All right. So, um, one second. All right, continuing here. Wec was a new vision of beauty, that virtue forever attached to women. So beauty, the definition of beauty. So if it's a virtue that the world over has been attached to women, then um, the definition of whether one woman is beautiful or not is attached to someone's definition, someone's understanding, someone's perspective. Amen. It has long been a measure of their social value. It is also a tool to be used and manipulated. A woman should not let her beauty go to waste. That was something people would say back when a woman's future depended on her marrying well. Her husband's ambition and potential should be as dazzling as her fine features. All right, talking about culture, wow. Beauty is, of course, cultural. What one community admires may leave another group of people cold or even repulsed. What one individual finds irresistible elicits a shrug from another. Beauty is personal, but it's also universal. There are international beauties, those people who have come to represent the standard. For generations, beauty required a slender build, but with a generous bosom and a narrow waist. The jawline has to be defined, the cheekbones high and sharp, the nose angular, the lips full, but not distractingly so. The eyes ideally blue or green, large and bright hair was to be long, thick, and flowing, and preferably golden. Symmetry was desired. Youthfulness that went without that went without saying. This was the standard from the earliest days of women's magazines, when beauty was codified and commercialized. The so called great beauties and swans, women such as and before I, I say the names of these women, if you're just joining us, um, I'm Dr. Linda here on the Voice Over Nations radio po- podcast. And we're looking at current events today. And we've been examining um, making a case for not fainting, believing to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living We've been looking at concepts of obedience that if we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. But also looking at the things that attack our willingness and attack our obedience, and uh, looking at temptations that some of those things are what attack us, where temptations come from, being aware of them, so that we don't forfeit seeing the goodness of the Lord in our own lives and that we actually are conduits for someone else to experience God's goodness in their life. So today, we were focusing on an article that looks at uh, how the standards and definitions for beauty, how they have changed over time, and that one of the ways that they've changed is is by others being willing to speak up and to uh, uh, demand that those that kept the gate, of even this uh, standard of what beauty is that they moved and that this these gatekeepers no longer defined it in the way that we're going to see with these um, these two um, people that actually three that I'm going to talk about okay so um, the so-called great beauties and swans women such as actress Kath, uh Catherine Duna and Catherine was a, um, she was a French actress, and um, she was the epitome of beauty, what it was. So her original name was Catherine Dorliac, and uh, she was a French actress, as I said, noted for her archetypal. Gaelic beauty, as well as for her roles in films by some of the world's greatest directors. So, this was who the big fashion houses, you know, there was a time when this 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 was you had to be this type in order to be hired you had to be this type in order to get into the movies and so the domination of those industries because that's what the gatekeepers were looking for so who made the money you know they made the money off of these actresses they made the monies the money off of these types these physical body types with these characteristics and with these features um, and so another was um, another was a socialite, a CZ Guest, and she was one of, uh, considered to be in her time one of the best dressed women of all time. Her unfussy all-American taste became the beacon for WASP. WASP and that was white Anglo-Saxon Protestant uh, emanating you know a whole group that they gave this acronym to. and they were um, exclusive and you know somebody to be in society. They got all of the perks, they got all of the everything, okay. Uh, favoring designers like Maine Boker and Gavinci guests had the elegant sensibilities to make even the simplest white t-shirt chic so she was one and then we also had uh princess grace and so these three women, they came closest to this original idea of what beauty was. Amen. So we know uh, some of us may have heard of Grace Kelly. She was another American actress. Uh, she starred in, in many different movies and all of that sort of thing. But she rose to fame as a leading Hollywood actress following her prominent role in a movie that I won't, um, you know, that I won't talk about. But uh, anyway, she was this same blonde, you know, very um, <clears throat> a beautiful person. And so if you weren't any of these things, then you weren't considered to be beautiful. All right. The further one diverged from this version of perfection, the more exotic a woman became. Diverged too much and a woman was simply simply considered less attractive. Or desirable or valuable and for some women black and brown or fat or old ones beauty seemed impossible in the broader culture and this was reflected you know even in uh, the dolls that little girls uh, played with so early on they were socialized uh, to believe you know and to um, to program them early on as to what beauty was. And we know for many, many years, there was no such thing as a black doll baby. You know, there were the Barbies that were white and blonde. In the early part of the 1990s, the definition of beauty as it applied to women began to loosen thanks to the arrival of Kate Moss. With her slight figure and vaguely ragamuffin ragamuffin aesthetic, standing five feet seven inches, she was short for a runway walker. The British teenager was not particularly graceful and she lacked a noble bearing that gave many other models their regal air. Moss's star turn in advertisements for Calvin Klein signified a major departure from the long-legged gazelles of years past. Moss was disruptive to the beauty system, but she was still well within the industry's comfort zone of defining beauty as a white European conceit. So too, were the youth quake models of the 1960s, such as Twiggy, who had the gangly, curveless physique of a 12-year-old boy. The 1970s brought Lauren Hutton, who stirred scandals simply because she had a gap between her teeth. Even the early black models who broke barriers were relatively safe, Women such as Beverly Johnson, the first African American model to appear on the cover of American Vogue, the Somali-born Iman, Naomi Campbell, and Tyra Banks. They had keen features and flowing hair, or wigs or weaves to give the illusion that they did. Iman had a luxuriously long neck that made legendary fashion editor Diana Vreeland gasp Campbell was, and is, all va voom legs and hips. And Banks rose to fame as the girl next door in a polka dot bikini on the covers of Sports Illustrated. Now, I understand that this is a, um, a Christian um, uh, radio podcast, and I'm keeping with that. I'm also, you know... Um, dealing with mindsets and different things that tempt us as Christians and how we view our own selves. Remember, um, I said that Jesus was always advocating for the disciples to be sober. And so even though you know I'm using the whole notion or concept of beauty here today and talking to women in particular, you know, about the way that society defines us and the way that we define ourselves. But if we're not going to give in to the temptations, especially the, remember, the temptation of the lust of the eyes has to do with jealousy, has to do with envy, uh, with the way that we look at another woman. So if we've allowed the world to program us into believing that beauty is a certain standard, that beauty is this. And we don't, you know, uh, fail to realize our own identity as it is in Christ. And that uh, according to the word of God in Psalms 139, that each one of us, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we are the apple of God's eye, that when he looks at us, that he sees a reflection of himself and he's altogether lovely. He is beautiful and he's breathtaking and so are we, but we have to understand that and we have to, to, you know, have that sense of identity about ourselves. And we also, it has to be the lens by which we look at others. If not, we'll find ourselves lusting for something that's outside of us. We'll find ourselves comparing ourselves to someone else. We'll come on, you know, uh, something like a Facebook, an Instagram, or anything else that's very visible. And we'll see all of these images of different people, of different families, of marriages, of you know, women, men, children, uh, all kinds of things, you know. And we'll see standards on those platforms. And if we're not careful, and we have not uh, taken care of. The lusts that emanate on the inside of us will find ourselves looking at those things and comparing ourselves by those standards. Amen. And so, um, I'm. I believe I'm well within, you know, my parameters of of uh, what we're talking about here, but I want to break it out of the religious way of looking at it. And I want us to really uh, examine our own thinking, our own hearts when we're coming in and out of these spaces and platforms that we are in possession of our own souls, that we don't fail to see God's goodness because you know um, our hearts have fainted but that we will not faint, but we will believe for our own lives and for others to see God's goodness, regardless of what someone else is holding out to us, is that this is quality, this is beauty, this is this, this is that, this is the standard. If you don't have this, then you're not with it, you're not in it. You know, we got to be able to talk back to things. We have to be able to talk back to ourselves, and we have to be able to talk back to people if need be no, I beg to differ. That's not the standard. We have to be willing to stand up for people to speak up, to speak out, and not to be silent about things that ought not to be. Amen? So continuing just a little bit more uh, with this article. Um, so Weck, remember our jet black supermodel from Sudan? Uh, WEC was a revelation. Her beauty was something entirely different. Her tightly coiled hair was sheared close to her scalp. Her seemingly poreless skin was the color of dark chocolate. Her nose was broad. Her lips were full. Her legs were impossibly long and incredibly thin. Indeed, her entire body had the stretched out sawinus of an African stick figure brought to life. To the eyes, that had been trained to understand beauty through the lens of Western culture, Weck was jarring to everyone, and black folks were no exception. Many of them did not consider her beautiful. Even women who might have looked in the mirror and seen the same nearly cold black skin and tightly coiled hair reflected back, had trouble reckoning with this L cover girl. Weck was abruptly and urgently transformative. It was as though some great cultural mountain had been scaled by climbing straight up a steep slope, as if there were neither time nor patience for switchbacks. To see Weck celebrated was exhilarating and vertiginous. Everything about her was the opposite of what had come before. We are in a better place than we were a generation ago, but we have not arrived at utopia. Many of the clubbiest realms of beauty still don't include larger women, disabled ones, or senior citizens. But to be honest, I'm not sure exactly what utopia would look like. Is it a world in which everyone gets a tiara and the sash of a beauty queen just for showing up? Or is it one in which the definition of beauty gets stretched so far that it becomes meaningless? Perhaps the way to utopia is by rewriting the definition of the word itself to better reflect how we've come to understand it as something more than an aesthetic pleasure. We know that beauty has financial value. We want to be around beautiful people because they delight the eye, but also because we think they are intrinsically better humans. We've been told that attractive people are paid higher salaries. In truth, it's a bit more complicated than that. it It's really a combination of beauty, intelligence, charm, and co- Uh, collegiality that serves as a recipe for better pay, still beauty is an integral part of the equation. But on a powerfully emotional level, being perceived as attractive means being welcomed into the cultural conversation. You are a part of the audience for advertising and marketing. You are desired. You are seen and accepted. When questions arise about someone's looks, that's just another way of asking, how acceptable is she? How relevant is she? Does she matter? Today, suggesting that a person is not gorgeous is to risk social shunning or at least a social media lashing. What kind of monster declares another human being unattractive? To do so is to virtually dismiss that person as worthless. It's better to lie. Of course you're beautiful, sweetheart. Of of course you are. We have come to equate beauty with humanity. If we don't see the beauty in another person, we are blind to that person's humanity. It's scary how important beauty has become. It goes to the very soulfulness of a person beauty has become so important today that denying that people possess it is akin to denying them oxygen. So, there used to be gradations when it came to describing the feminine ideal, homely, jolly laid, attractive, pretty, and ultimately beautiful. The homely woman managed as best she could She adjusted to the fact that her looks were not her most distinguishing feature. She was the woman with the terrific personality. Striking women had some characteristic that made them stand out. Bountiful lips, an aristocratic nose, a glorious poitrine. A lot of women could be described as attractive. They were at the center of the bell curve, pretty, was another level. Hollywood is filled with pretty people. all but beautiful. Beautiful was a description that was reserved for special cases for genetic lottery winners. Beauty could even be a burden because it startled people. It intimidated them. Beauty was exceptional. But improved plastic surgery, more personalized and effective nutrition, the flowering of the fitness industry, and the rise of selfie filters on smartphones, along with Botox fillers and the invention of Spanx, have all combined to help us look better and get a little bit closer to looking exceptional. Therapists, bloggers, influencers, stylists, and well-meaning friends have raised their voices in the chorus of body positivity mantras. You go girl, you slay. Yes, queen. They are not charged with speaking harsh truths and helping us see ourselves vividly and become better versions of ourselves. Their role is constant uplift. tell us that we are perfect just as we are and the globalization of well everything means that somewhere out there is an audience that will appreciate you and all your magnificent whatever we are all beautiful and uh, so I thought you know that that um, I'm gonna stop there it's more to the article but you get the drift of the article and uh, the thing that, you know, that, that struck me as a child of God is, um, the like I said, the examination of our own selves, of our own heart, of how we are interacting with, how we are uh, reacting to, you know, what we see, um, what we think about our own selves, what we think about others, and being sober-minded, you know. Um, Having uh, at our heart, you know, what are the fruit of the spirit, how the Lord expects for us to conduct and carry ourselves and, you know, allowing God to really talk to us about these things, you know, the way that our world has been shaped, the way that people have been categorized and put into different slots by men that, uh, you know, really the spirit of the enemy that wants to merchandise people in all shapes, forms, and fashions, you know, uh, that, uh, to look at people as commodities to be bought and sold. And so there's always this, you know, um, um, uh, pitting one against the other, of comparing one to another. You know, these terms where they have ER on the end of them, you know, smarter, uh, wiser, brighter, um, you know, more powerful. There's always this comparison. And so if we're tempted by the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life then we're right there in the throes you know and those things are handling us or manipulating us but remember you know in our our scripture that we looked at that even when people praise jesus even after he did miracles and different things like that It said that Jesus did not commit himself. He did not put his faith and his stock in that, in what they said, in their accolades or anything else. And the reason that he didn't, he didn't need for anybody to validate him. And also because he knew what was inside of men. And so he did not put his weight and his value and his worth in the hands of somebody else. And so we have to be like him when we are, you know, uh, making a case not to faint, that we are going to believe to see God's goodness in the land of the living, that we're going to eat the good of the land by being willing and obedient. And that if we are, we're going to forego these things by examining our own heart, by examining our own selves, and also by, by being willing to use our own voices, to use our own influence, to see to it that those that have not experienced the goodness of the Lord, that may have a view of themselves that's less than the view that God has of them, that may have a view of themse- themselves or other people, that's faulty. They may think that they're better than people. Well, somebody has to reach those people. Somebody has to be willing to speak up and out. Uh, I almost, um, you know, shared another um, article, but I thought best of it because it's very, you know, it's actually a video. Um, and it would have been audio version, but it's very controversial. I think some more about it, you know, as to whether Uh, to share or not, but it has to do with, you know, us being willing to change the climate, us being willing to forego silence and to speak up, you know, just like these are now uh, in an industry, you know, um, having an effect on an entire billion dollar industry by changing What is the definition of beauty? And so just decided to use that today as a backdrop, you know, in all that we've been talking about in current events. So I hope that that uh, encouraged you hope that uh, someone got something out of it. And so Father, we uh, thank you and we praise you Lord that we live in this world, Father, and you have said to us in the book of Romans that we're not to be conformed to this world, but that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so Father, I thank you that we have to be able to be adept, Lord God, in handling our faith and being able to articulate our faith and have uh, real conversations, Lord God. We have to be boots on the ground in this world that we live in, Father. And I thank you and praise you that we will be able to get in there, Father God, and to engage others, Lord God, to be seated at tables, Lord, and Father God, to be comfortable in our own skin, Lord, to be able to um, talk and have conversations and dialogue and question, Lord God, and even confront, Lord, uh, things that are that ought not to be when that's necessary. And I thank you for the courage, Father. I thank you you, Lord God, for delivering your people. Father, deliver us from the things that would tempt us, the things, Lord God, that would seek to turn us inside out, my Father, the things that would seek to pit us, one against the other, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, these uh, um, superficial uh, definitions of us, Lord, when you have already defined us, Father, I thank you and I praise you for the peace that we need, Lord God, and I thank you, Lord, for your assurance Father, for your confidence in your people in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you and we thank you. Amen. All right. So God bless you until the next time. And again, I'm so very glad that you decided to come and be our special guest here today. Okay. Bye-bye.
1: just want to send this encouragement and shout out to my husband, Dion Marudi, and I want to tell him that I love you and I appreciate you, and I just want to thank you for, for being my life partner. I want to thank you for... For sticking it out and for sticking it out for a person like me, we have been through so 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 many things, and I thank God for sending you my way. I couldn't have asked for a better life partner. We have, I think, that we have come a long way, and there was there is no one that I can think that 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 would have that a perfect one like you who could have stood next to me through thick and thin, who stood it out, who stuck it out, who has has gone through 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 so many things. We have faced difficult 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 times in our lives. And there was times that we wanted to give up. And there were times that that I just I just I just couldn't But the Lord has been good to us. We've got saved. And I want to encourage my husband that you should stay with the Lord. I love you, I love you, I appreciate you. You are kind, you are gentle, you are sweet, a man of many few words, but your presence, your presence and just being there means so, so, so much to me. And I love you dearly. You are a husband, you are my friend you are a father to my children you are everything that, that that a woman would desire from a man i couldn't have asked for a better life partner as you i want to, to 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 tell you that you must know that even if we are arguing even if whatever we are facing i will always be there i will stand by your side there has not been a A man that I can think of who will stick it out with me for I'm a very difficult person as I I, I know that I know that but you have stuck it out with me. I appreciate hate who you are. I appreciate hate what you do. There is nothing and no one that I can think that can fill in your place. Not one person that can that can do what you do The way you make me feel When I am sad and out You always have the good words to say You always uplift me just by smiling Your sweet gentleness and your kindness And your humbleness Is everything a woman could desire And I am blessed with the best I couldn't have asked for a better life partner. I cannot say it enough Words cannot express the way I feel about you, you. I my livda, my eyes, cry, My alles, my twelve times spiker. I ask my na in the praise the year for you. In the she is about ya thank you for the year. That I give year a man so I shall cry. But 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 I love you. I love you dearly. I love you with all of my heart. And my wish for you is that the Lord will continue to bless you. The Lord's hands will continue to be upon you. The Lord will guide you and direct you and the Lord will strengthen you. That is my prayer for you, my husband. I love you dearly. And my and may you may you seek the Lord with all of your heart and stay with the Lord and stay the husband that you are. And I love you and I appreciate you.
2: joining me as we enter into the garden a safe haven and platform for soul poetry short stories and insight into true reflections of women's struggles abuse their plight their lives their quirks and their essence so allow me to introduce myself I'm Salome Jacobs self-help author soul poet storyteller motivational speaker English instructor and entrepreneur, who rose out of the ashes, out of the cycle of abuse, out of destitute, being shifted here, there and everywhere. A woman with a zest for life, who overcame obstacles, abuse, inner struggles and much more. That woman is me. That woman is you. So drop on by and join me as we reinvent become the best you. The arts are natural, beautiful, whimsical, sassy soul sister, chic, poetry inspirational you. And that is more than enough.